Hello, I am Rachel Cassandra, and welcome to Midday Magazine for Tuesday, December 6th. A short documentary about energy resilience became available to a national audience last Wednesday, and the central character is Sitka. The film is part of the Made in America series produced by Washington, D.C.-based Consensus Digital Media. The filmmakers view Sitka's relative self-sufficiency as a model for a more sustainable energy future everywhere. KCAW's Robert Wolsey reports. Like many communities in Alaska, Sitka produces its own power, but it's among very few communities that produce power almost exclusively with renewables and is hoping to do even more. That put it on the radar of Consensus Digital Media, which produces a series about American innovation called Made in America. Consensus creative director and producer Kate Tucker says the film project featuring Sitka didn't sound very sexy at first, but it quickly snowballed. We looked at Sitka because, well, I mean, it's actually not the most exciting reason to start. We were looking at energy storage, something not, you know, maybe you want to watch a whole episode about, but it turns out that um, you have some really exciting innovations happening there with just, you know, looking at how do we, as a an islanded community that's completely responsible for our own power and making sure that, you know, everybody's lights stay on and, and everybody's buildings to stay warm uh, in the winter, you know, how do we make sure that we have something that's sustainable and that's resilient? The film ties modern energy resiliency to culture. It opens with Hlingit culture bearer Chuck Miller. My Hlingit name is Dana Chitseik, and I got that from my great uncle. My English name is Chuck Miller. I'm of the Raven Moiti, Silver Salmon Clan. We refer to our clan as the Coho Clan. We don't waste anything. We take what we need and we leave the rest. And if we take too much, which is not on purpose, we share with everybody. We share no matter what, but we make sure... The narrative share. shifts to Miller describing the struggle to maintain the furnace in the Alaska Native Brotherhood Founders Hall, where he attended culture classes, and the decision to invest in heat pumps. In addition, the story describes other ways Sitka's electric utility is exploring to capture its excess hydropower and transform it into commodities like zero-carbon fuel, fertilizer, and heat. Tucker says Sitka's approach to community-based problem-solving transcends politics and made it an attractive subject for the series. We're looking for examples of Americans who are, you know, working across party lines, working in ways that might be surprising, working in ways that can help us come together around shared values and, you know, working with to solve problems that have been overly politicized and, and really we can't afford to let that happen. The American Innovator episodes of the Made in America series are about 15 minutes long and are aimed at an audience on digital media that Tucker says is around three and a half million viewers. Sitka and all of Alaska, for that matter, already have significant allure for audiences Tucker hopes that viewers might come to the film for beauty, but stay for the lesson that Alaskan communities can share with the rest of the country. It just seemed that Alaskans were really taking care of each other and doing right by nature and doing it in a way that was reaching across political divides. And I think that this is going to be a really inspiring episode for all of America to see. The nine-member crew from Consensus filmed in Sitka and Juneau last August. The weather mostly cooperated, but the ferry schedule did not, and they chartered an Allen Marine catamaran for the day trip from Juneau to Sitka. 
The unscheduled tour through the remote country of the Inside Passage provided context for how isolated Sitka is and how determined it is to stick around. Oh, well, look, there's this town that's doing it all, you know, and it's it's doing it in a way that's like ensuring their survival and is absolutely necessary, you know, for their to build resilience for for the future. And, and we can learn something there. Plus, we got to take a five hour boat ride and see whales. <laughs> Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. It's that time of year when trees are often seen in truck beds or strapped to the top of a family car, the result of the hunt for a perfect Christmas tree. But where can trees be cut down in Southeast and what are the rules? KRBD's Reagan Miller has a guide for getting a clean cut on your own Southeast Alaska Christmas tree. Typically, an Alaska resident looking for their perfect tree can cut down one per household on Federal Forest Service land without needing a permit. Nathan Mowers is a forester with the Ketchikan Misty Fjords Ranger District. He explained a few restrictions to keep in mind. Like one tree per family. Um, Don't cut a tree and then discard it when you find a better one. Um, Cut cut stumps as low as possible. Um, Just cut the appropriate size tree. Don't top a a 50-foot tree and, and only keep the top eight feet. Mowers also says trees can't be cut and resold for profit and they shouldn't come from musk eggs. And Mowers says it's best to avoid recreation sites or campgrounds when selecting a tree. Mowers found his own Christmas tree in the Whitman Trail area south of Ketchikan City Limits. Trees also shouldn't be within 330 feet of a bald eagle nest or 100 feet of a salmon stream, according to the Forest Service. Good spots in Ketchikan include near Harriet Hunt Lake or Brown Mountain Road, both north of town. Some prefer a trip across the Tongass Narrows to Gravina Island. For Petersburg and Wrangell, the rules are much the same. Don't choose a huge tree and make sure to cut low to the ground. Mower says it keeps the area nice. You don't want a bunch of stumps everywhere by the road. You know, stop sticking up. It's just more how it looks. You know, just cut it clean. Guidance from the city and borough of Juneau says each household can cut down one Christmas tree throughout the month of December in accordance with the local tree harvest map. That's available at Juneau's city website. It's a little trickier for Sitka residents. The Forest Service says federal land away from the road system is fine for harvesting, but they caution that a lot of the trees on those lands aren't good heights for Christmas trees. The Forest Service also says that the outlying islands around Sitka are either state or private property, so it's best to check with the property owner. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. The longtime head of Craig's Parks and Recreation Department on Prince of Wales Island is retiring at the end of the month. Victoria Merritt has organized more than two decades of events and programs for families. KRBD's Reagan Miller learned more about what she's envisioning for her retirement. Victoria Merritt's retirement plans don't include leaving Craig. If I ever moved anywhere, I'd have to retrain an entire community. I don't have that much energy. But she's had plenty of energy over the past 24 years at the helm of the Parks and Recreation Department. She's organized countless after-school programs, parades, sports events, games, festivals, and celebrations for the community. I mean, there's, there's just so much. It's been such a joyful experience for me. Merritt says she started thinking about retirement a few years ago when big events started to leave her tired. She says it felt like the right time. But after the COVID-19 pandemic took hold, there wasn't as much happening in town, and she didn't have much to leave behind for the next director. Ultimately, she stayed to steer the city through this year's Centennial Bash. So how could I pass up planning a party? Merritt can't pick just one favorite moment from her career. She enjoyed the soccer program for kids and the after-school programs. 
Um, I just I had a blast this year with the uh, Donut on a String contest at the uh, um, Harvest Festival. Uh, this year I cheated and helped the kids. I stuffed donuts in their little mouths. It was so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's just so much. And it's just, you know, from the 4th of July committee to doing uh, ballet and gymnastics, volleyball, it's been a, just a real great variety. So I'm going to miss it. Merritt will turn over leadership of the Parks and Rec Department to Ellie Flagg at the end of the year. Merritt says she has total confidence in Flagg. She's young and enthusiastic, and it feels good to hand the reins over to her. Merritt says she lives close to the youth center, so she'll keep an eye on things. I'll still be around bossing people around, so it'll be good. She knows just how she wants to spend her retirement, in the garden with her dogs and visiting her daughter in Spain, where she works as an English teacher. And continue to do whatever I want, because I've kind of always done that anyway. Merritt says perhaps her biggest accomplishment was keeping the department active with little staff and a team of volunteers. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller. Vendors and community members packed the Sons of Norway Hall in Petersburg this past Saturday for the annual Christmas Bazaar. About 15 vendors were there selling art, snacks, and homemade gifts. KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto caught up with Sally Dwyer halfway through the gathering. She's the first voice you'll hear. Well, I'm Sally Dwyer, and I'm the general overseeing all of this today. But being a smart woman that I have moments of brilliance with, I have three chair people, one for the, one for the kitchen, one for the, the rentals, and one for the bake sale. We have a Butter and Love bake sale upstairs at the Sons of Norway, and we've already run out of all the food, and that's a good thing. And then our rentals, we filled up completely downstairs. Marilyn Mucci headed up that. Sammy Wilson did the, or Williams did the one upstairs. And Kathy Emmenager is heading up the kitchen where we have 17 different soups to go. And what I like about this is the venue is cozy. A little chilly today, but it's usually it's cozy people-wise. And everybody seems so happy. And they just come in smiling and they leave smiling. And I just love it. So my name is Hannah Hofstetter, and this is the Girl Scout table. We are selling... Um, ornaments and baked goods made out of resin and we are saving up to go to the Golden Corral uh, horse camp in Nome, Alaska and yeah, that's what we're doing. My name is Ruby Litster and we're going to horse camp so we can fill some special badges that can only be done around horses and get a little bit more experience outside of this little town. I'm Heidi Brantuis, and I absolutely love coming to things like Mayfest, Christmas Bazaar, and Oktoberfest, because it's all so happy. So my name is Megan O'Soup, and at my booth, I am currently selling a bunch of my artwork. It's... I use the medium alcohol markers, specifically the Copic markers, and I have prints, stickers, pins, t-shirts, acrylic charms, and stands of my art. Um, the art consists of my own characters and designs, as well as some stuff from TV shows, movies. Nick Hunsaker's uh, booth have our Hunsaker sauce and rub, barbecue rubs, and also at the Tango Roots brand with the 
bath salts and salt scrubs and bath bombs. And that's our our business and our company, Hunsaker Family. Uh, Killian Slavin. I am just so thankful that this tradition keeps going and we get to come together as a community and see all these beautiful things that our talented community members make. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Lachlan Boyder and I'm selling balloons um, at Christmas Bazaar. And then can you describe the balloons you're selling? Um, I'm selling battle axes, flowers, small shields, dogs, swords, and hats. And then how did you get into this? Um, well, I kept watching videos and then my dad bought me a small pack. And then I made a bunch of things, and then I sold them at Oktoberfest, and then um, I came here with like three more packs, and I'm selling them. My name is Jalene Dolbert, and I am the author of the Shadow Wing series, and I have brought the entire series here so that everybody can look at it. It is about an Inupiaq bush pilot who flies out of Anchorage, and she is a shapeshifter. She's also a descendant of Raven. So there's a lot of fun things that go on. There's werewolves, there's witches, there's even a vampire in the last one. So, My name is Naomi Weldy, and uh, our booth is a variety of stuff. Uh, Hand-painted ornaments and bowls, and then she can tell you what she has over there. This is my part. Hi, I'm Kathy Harris, and uh, we also have... Uh, knitting and crocheting and jewelry, homemade jewelry. Hello, I'm Jean Ellis, and I enjoy just being able to be here and see all the amazing artists that we have in our community and all the great things. It's, it's pretty amazing. Kelly Wood. I'm selling some hand-screen-printed uh, dish towels and some hand-painted ornaments and some silly pint wine glasses. And my, I was doing this with my daughter who was selling handmade candles. But now I'm selling them. And now my other daughter's selling them. And what I like about the Christmas Bazaar is socializing with everybody, seeing what everybody's been making, and just seeing how creative our artists are locally. My name is Mia Wood, and I'm helping my mom sell some things for the Christmas Bazaar. And one of my favorite things about the Christmas Bazaar is all the little things you find that you don't really expect to find anywhere else. That was KFSK's Avery Herman Sakamoto speaking with vendors and community members at this year's Christmas Bazaar.